Hey, good morning, everyone. How are we? Yeah. Are we awake today? Are you excited about church this morning? Are you ready to receive the Word of God? Hey, everybody just repeat this after me. And you guys watching online, big welcome to you. You can repeat this after us as well. Say, I'm here. I'm awake. I'm ready to receive. I'm ready for God to do something in my life. Now, do you believe that? All right, let's give God some big praise. And if you believe that, why do y'all say all that stuff, Pastor Josh? Because if you show up to church with some level of expectation and hunger, God meets you at that level of expectation and hunger. All right, and you can sit back in church and cross your arms and dare me to say something to change your life all you want to, and you're going to receive exactly what you're expecting, nothing, okay? But if your position of your heart and your attitude is to receive God can do anything in you. All things are possible today. You really believe that? And I believe it too. Uh, welcome to Eastgate Church. Um, Pastor Kelly and I just kind of got back into, I'll say, civilization. <laughs> we, we spent uh, this week in New Mexico, and I say that tongue-in-cheek. Ronnie, if you're watching, I loved what we were able to do uh, while we were there. We went on this uh, training thing for the 415 Leadership Network that we're in, Pastor Kelly and I are in, and uh, great teaching, great training, it was a great time hanging out with friends, but I got to tell you, it's nice to see trees again, it is nice to see trees, because they don't have none of that, they got a lot of dust, we got to, we got to hang out and see a, a cool little dust storm, and uh, I don't like them, I'm glad we don't have them here, I'll take pollen over, over random dust storms, pollen's like one season of the year, dust storms in New Mexico is like all year long. Uh, what's up with all the dust? And one of the guys says, oh, man, don't worry about it, Pastor Josh. It's just New Mexico rain. That's what we call it around here. It's like, all right, all right. But it was, it was a really fun time. And I'm ready to get into this word today and continue this series on worship. Man, how many of you guys love to worship the Lord? I love worshiping God, and not just in service like this, but 24-7, 365 days out of the year, I worship God. I love it because it impacts and changes my life because worship is a lifestyle. It really is. It's what we talked about last week. This is an expression of our heart to God in corporate worship in the church, but worship is an act of us Living up our, lifting up our lives as an act of worship to God to please Him with everything we say and do. So it's a, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It's not just what happens in here. But when we're living it out there and we're worshiping Him out there and then we all come in here corporately full of worship, man, it is just amazing to feel the presence of God and see what He can do. I'm excited about this. Um, can't talk about worship, though, without talking about the presence of God. So we're going to be talking about that today. If you've got your Bibles, go ahead and open them up to the book of Hebrews. We'll have all the scriptures on the screen for you this morning. Um, you guys watching online should be on the screens while you're watching, but it's also on the YouVersion Bible app. You can follow along there as well as we get ready to dive into this. Hebrews 13, verse 15. Praise God for air conditioning, huh? And we were saying that earlier today. My goodness, it is a hot day today. So, um, here we go. Verse 15. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God 
a sacrifice of praise. The fruit of lips that openly profess his name. This all starts, I notice when you read here, it says through Jesus. It's through Jesus. Let us therefore continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. It starts with Jesus. Everybody say, it starts with Jesus. It starts with him. It starts with him. And as of an overflow of what he's done in our hearts and in our lives, that's where that praise comes from. It starts with him. It's going to be nearly impossible for you to experience the presence of God if you don't have a strong relationship with Jesus. I'm just telling you. Unless it's just that initial impact, that pulling of his, of, of, of his spirit on your heart, you're going to have a hard time connecting with it because it all starts with Jesus. Okay? He's, he gives us the motivation to praise, and he is the reason why we praise. He, he equips us to be able to do all of that. It's through Jesus we continually offer up to God a sacrifice of praise. The fruit of lips that openly profess his name. The fruit of lips that openly profess his name. What does that mean? That means that if Jesus is really in your heart, you're going to eventually learn to speak the language of praise. That fruit is going to come out of that relationship with Jesus. So I got news for you. If you're young in your walk with God, and you're at a place where, man, you're excited about what Jesus has done in your life, but you're having a difficult time getting used to this praise and worship thing, not just corporately, but even as a lifestyle in your life, don't worry. Fruit will be born in the proper time. You just got to stay close to Jesus, okay? So let me encourage you with that. You um, can't talk about worship, though, without talking about the presence of God. And we all worship different stuff. We were created to worship, like I said on the video before the message opened up. Um, we're, we're all created to worship God. You know that, right? We're all created to worship the Lord. And because of that, we have a desire to worship and if you're not in submission to God, you're going to be worshiping something. I got news for you today. You're worshiping something. Okay? If you're not worshiping God, you're worshiping your paycheck. You're worshiping power and position. If you're not worshiping that, you're worshiping the, the, the validation that you get from relationships that you have. You might be worshiping some sports teams. I know that doesn't happen in the South, but it's crazy it's crazy how men will stand up and shout and lose their freaking minds at a football game and then stand like a zombie at worship. You're worshiping something. You're going to be worshiping something. I say if we've got to worship something, let's worship the person we were created to worship. Let's worship him. Let's worship him with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, all of our strength, and let's not get more up and amped about anything else on this earth than we would about Jesus. Amen? Amen? He's worthy of all of our praise. He's worthy of all of our praise. And I went through a season of life where football was the God of my life in my late teens. Then I realized football teams can let you down. They can let you down. Dadgum Falcons, they can let you down. Why would I want to hitch my wagon to something that can't fulfill me? Jesus never lets you down. Never lets you down. Even when the Falcons lose, Jesus is still on the throne. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Let's talk about the presence of God today, since we're all here. Now, when you say the presence of God, immediately, like the room starts to go in different directions. Uh, talk about the presence of God, if you're new to your faith, that's probably like just a foreign term to you. 
you're going to discover um, a little bit today on, on what that means. But if you've been in church, if you're exposed into like hyper-spiritual, deep, deep, deep kind of church, you understand what I'm saying when I say hyper-spiritual? They just go a step or two further than they need to go with it, and the presence of God becomes something mystical and unattainable, and it's glitter that falls from the ceiling or goosebumps on your neck or something like that. And um, the presence of God really isn't anything like that. In fact, Pastor Kelly, could you help me for a second? I'll show you in a real practical way what the presence of God is. You look good today, girl. Don't you got something going on? Hey, how can I look at them when you're on the stage? Oh, my gosh. Okay, girl. So, anyway, Kelly's up here with me. I am in her presence because she's here with me. Understand that? Think about the presence of God. This is what you He's with you. He is present with you. Okay? Not mystical angels floating around, blowing on you or anything like that. Um, not spooky kind of spirits in the room or anything. Just practical. Presence of God, presence of Kelly. I'm with her, she's with me. We're together in each other's presence. That's the presence of God. That He is here with us. All the time. All the time. All the time. So that's the presence. You look good. You're a great illustration, girl. You can have a seat. I'm just saying. Sit on that front row, all cute. Uh, stay focused, Pastor. Stay focused. All right. Presence of God. Presence of God. How many of you would say that the presence of God was here during worship today? You could feel him with us. Yeah, absolutely. You could feel a tangible presence of God in the place. You really could. Why? Because God was here with us. He inhabits the praises of his people. What it says, the Bible says, where two or more are gathered together in his name, there he is in the midst of them. There's a special, like, show-up kind of presence of God that's there during worship. But God's with us all the time outside of that in his presence. His presence is with us. Not something that's just conjured up. It's something that's with us 24-7. Like, he's there. He's there. Um, well, I know what you mean, Pastor Josh. You know, God is everywhere, and that is true. God is everywhere. In fact, one of the attributes of God is that God is omnipresent. Omnipresent. Um, just like God is omnipotent. Um, which means he's all-powerful, he's omniscient, which means he's all-knowing, he's omnipresent, which means he's everywhere. He's everywhere. Look at the person next to you and say, hey, he's everywhere. He is everywhere. He is everywhere. And the Bible bears that out in Jeremiah 23, in verse 24, it says, who can hide in secret places so that I cannot see them, declares the Lord. Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord. Psalm 139 echoes that. It says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. He is there. He is everywhere. The presence of God is everywhere. Think about how vast this universe is. He's there. We could get on a rocket ship and go a hundred billion light years from Wouldn't that be fun? Y'all seen all the, the SpaceX and like the commercial space flights that they're working on right now for like this super rich people? That's a high 
price ticket to get to be able to go into outer space. But that would be cool to me to be able to float around in outer space, I think. Uh, but if we crossed the universe and landed on the most remote planet and got there, God would be like, hey, y'all, what's up? Because he's there. He's there. My God is southern. My God, my God says, y'all. My God understands what grits is supposed to taste like. My God understands bacon. He understands barbecue. He understands college football. My God is a cool God. God is cool, by the way. Um, he's cool. Look, y'all just got to deal with me today. I still hadn't caught up from getting in at stupid 30 on Friday, Saturday morning, whatever it was. Um, anyway, he is everywhere. God is everywhere. And what's cool is he's not just everywhere here. He's everywhere like he stands outside of time itself. You understand that? Like, he's in and out of time, in and out of our reality. Like, when, when the, the people were trying to be smart and throw some stuff in Jesus' face and try to ask him whether he was, uh, like, uh, would recognize Abraham as the father of Israel and, and not claim that as himself, Jesus said, what are you talking about? Before Abraham was, I am. So much depth in that. Before he ever was, I am, like there in that moment, like outside of time. It's crazy. It's like when that, uh, like the old joke goes where the kid was praying to God, and he says, um, God, how long is a billion years to you? And God said, second. And the little boy thought for a second, and he said, hmm. well, how much is a billion dollars to you? And God said, A penny. Thought for a second, she goes, hmm. well, God, can I have a penny? And then God said, sure, just a second. For just a second. Uh, but he's present everywhere. He's present everywhere. But this is what's cool. God is not just omnipresent, but this is what the Bible says. The Bible says that God is present in his people. In his people. God is present in his people. So while God is everywhere, he is also in us if he's Lord and Savior of our lives. Now that gets kind of fun when you start to think about that. Romans chapter 8 um, says it like this. It says, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. Everyone say, living in me. Why are we repeating so much stuff, Pastor Josh? Because y'all look like y'all need 20 cups of coffee this morning trying to keep you going. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. Christ living in you. That's so important to get. That's so important to get that He is with you. He is with you all of the time. His presence is with you all of the time. Some of you might say, well, sometimes I feel like he's a million miles away. And I've had times in my walk with God where I felt like he was a million miles away. But here's what I learned. When I felt like I was far from him, it's because I was far from him. He doesn't move. We're the ones that drift away from him. So if you're going through a season where it feels like he's a million miles away, hey, put a check on your relationship with God. Okay, because if his presence is in you and he is with you, that doesn't change. What changes is the position of your heart. 
So get it lined back up with him. Now, you go through seasons where it seems like God gets quiet. That's a different thing. That's a different thing. Um, God gets quiet for a couple of reasons, and one of those big reasons is sometimes it's just that he's just watching to see how you respond to a situation. You know, he's always going to answer you. He either answers yes, no, or wait, but sometimes he stays quiet for a little bit to see, but that doesn't mean that he's not with you. You understand that? That's why we live by what we know not by what we feel, because your emotions will take you all over Timbuktu, but the Word of God says that He is in us. That means He's present with us. That doesn't change, okay? So no matter, no matter what happens in life, no matter how many storms are breaking out, it's cool because I've got the solution right here with me, and His name is Jesus every time, every time. So look at how cool this is, though, because I think sometimes we take for granted that we walk with a presence of God in us. Is it okay if we do a little bit of teaching this morning? Cool. All right. We take this for granted sometimes, and we forget that it wasn't always this way. You realize that it's only after Jesus that we have access to his presence like this. It's wild. It's only after Jesus that we can say that we have him in our hearts because of what he did on the cross. All of civilization up until that moment could not experience the presence of God like you and I do today. Think about that. For it. It's kind of foreign to us because we can't imagine a world like in our walk with God where we don't have instant access to his presence in prayer or through worship, but it wasn't always like that. It wasn't always like that because Jesus had not paid the price for our sins, and Jesus had not covered us with the sacrifice of his blood. That grace didn't cover until Jesus died on the cross like that. So before Jesus, man, they, they didn't experience anything near what we have right now. In fact, the closest they could get was sending a high priest into the temple on the Day of Atonement to go into the Holy of Holies on that day to offer a sacrifice. And it was crazy because this guy had to prepare himself. And a lot of y'all know this. He, he had to prepare himself ceremonially to be ready to go into that holy of holies because if he went in there unprepared and with sin in his life he would be struck dead by the presence of God that is nuts we've experienced the presence of God today here in the church can you imagine how many of us would be dead right now if it worked like it did old school I wonder how many of us would just be dead and we'd have to drag bodies out of the church. This is crazy, man. You talk about church attendance problems. Every time they come in, they die. We have to carry them back out. We don't know what, what's going on. But that's what would happen, though, if the high priest wasn't prepared. In fact, um, the presence of God was separated by everybody in the temple area by this thing called uh, the temple veil. In Second Chronicles 3.14, it gives us a look at what that was it says across the entrance of the most holy place he hung a curtain made of fine linen decorated with blue purple and scarlet thread and bordered with uh, figures of cherubim which are angels it was amazing scholars will tell you that um, that veil in that temple was about 30 feet high and 30 feet wide and that what they can't decide on is how thick it was. They can't decide if it was between four and six inches or up to a foot thick. But think about that. Even if it was four inches, about a hand's length thick, can you imagine, or a hand's width thick, can you imagine how heavy that thing was? 
Some people think it was up to a foot thick or maybe even more than that. It was amazing. The point is they pointed a solid barrier there that would not allow anyone to enter into the presence of God. No one could go in. But Jesus fixed all of that. Aren't you glad that Jesus fixed all of that? It's amazing. Look at Matthew 27. It says, Then Jesus, right at his death while he's hanging on the cross, it says, Then Jesus shouted out again, and he released his spirit. Let me pause here for a second. Just, let me just jump on this. Jesus released his spirit. Okay? Nobody killed Jesus. They hung Jesus on a cross, but he chose to release his spirit. He gave his life completely as a sacrifice for our sins. He chose, he chose to release his spirit to die for you and for me. It was a choice. It was a choice that he made. And at that moment, this is what gets wild. The, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Then look what happens. This is the earth shook, rocks split apart. Um, if you keep reading, it's going to talk about how the graves busted open and dead people got up and started walking around. There was a huge storm that took place when Jesus died. It was, uh, it was, I say it was amazing, not just spiritually, but what happened in the physical realm was unbelievable. And one of the reasons why I did that is because it's one thing to say Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for our sins. But when there are um, historical markers that take place, that are undeniable, that give validation to Jesus dying on the cross, that's a whole different story because there's historical documents of a, the crazy storm. There's historical documents that point to the earthquakes. You don't think that dead people popping up out of the grave didn't get written about, you know? So all of these things served to bear witness to what Jesus has done. That was crazy. He didn't just die. Man, it was a powerful, powerful moment when he released his spirit. But here is what's amazing to me. That that veil in that temple, it stood there, separating us from the presence of God, was torn in two. It wasn't just ripped in two. Y'all have heard me say it before. It was torn from the top down. moment it was done away with signifying that the presence of God was no longer confined behind a curtain but the presence of God was now released to everyone who would call upon the name of Jesus because the price had been paid for your sin and my sin because the grace had been established to cover your sin and my sin that was done away with now we saw a restoration in that moment between the relationship of God and man that Jesus came to restore, it was amazing. When that thing split apart, it released everything that we are celebrating and operating in today. When that veil split, listen, it released your healing. It released your salvation. It released your restoration. It released the calling on your life. It re listen, your family would not be healed and restored today if it wasn't for that moment where the presence of God was released to operate in your life. Man, I'm telling you, drug addiction would still be a thing in your life if it were not for that presence of God that was released. 
I'm telling you right now, I get a little bit of excited when I think about it because of so much that I had to look back on and praise God for because of his presence working in my life. We wouldn't be here today if that veil was still in place. We get to worship God with freedom and liberty. At will, we get to operate in the presence of God. Can you just stop for a second and let's give God praise for what he's done in our life. Thank you, God, for your presence. Thank you, God, for what it represented. Thank you so much that we don't just have to go to a priest anymore. Lord, that your presence is with us and not just with us, but you're in us everywhere that you go. The presence of God is a powerful thing. First Corinthians says it like this. It says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You don't belong to yourselves. That's amazing to me. We all are like those temples carrying our own holy of holies where the presence of God resides. You know, they used to carry around the Ark of the Covenant. Old school Israel used to do that, and the presence of God would go with them in the Ark of the Covenant. We are all like Arks of the Covenant carrying the presence of God everywhere that we go. Everywhere that we go. Not just in a temple anymore. Billions of Christians walking the earth, filled with his presence and the Holy Spirit, carrying his presence everywhere that we go. You know what that means? That means, that means that potentially, potentially, all the power, all the change, all the attributes, all the blessing that comes with the presence of God goes everywhere we set our feet. It changes the atmosphere of every room that we walk into. And it represents freedom in life, not just as it's operating in us, but to every person that we come into contact with. Because here's what I know. God's presence changes us. God's presence changes us. And it doesn't just change you and me. It changes the people that we come into contact with they see it in us. His presence draws others to himself. That's what he says in the word. It's amazing when you think about the power of the presence. I thought we were talking about worship. Yeah, we're talking about worship because worship is a lifestyle and we practice his presence every day of our lives. It changes things. It doesn't just change people. It's there as a tool for us to think about this. Bible says that in his presence there's fullness of joy. Man. Walking around depressed and upset. Why are you letting life overwhelm you? In his presence there should be fullness of joy. You know what I mean? I say when life gets rough and the situations and the circumstances start piling on, that's a beautiful opportunity to start praising God a little bit louder. A little bit louder. That peace that we need, we walk with because his presence brings peace to our life. Amen? The freedom that we need sometimes in our lives, we walk with because his presence brings freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Not just in a collective worship service, but every day, every day we have the opportunity to practice his presence. That presence that resides inside of us. 
stop. There's no, no, no music, no drums, no nothing, and just say, Father, thank you so much that you're with me. These people at work are driving me crazy. <laughs> Got to get an amen somewhere out there. Oh, these, people, these people at work are driving me crazy, but I thank you that I have peace in you and through you. So what I'm asking now is that I'm choosing to operate in that peace, and I pray, Lord, that you help me to reflect your love to all these heathens at work that I'm having to deal with right now, that maybe somehow through this, they'll see a little bit of you, but I do. See, that puts you in control of what's happening. Life just isn't happening to you, but you're choosing how you're responding to it in his presence. Another thing that's amazing is that when we all come together corporately, having focused living on that presence of God that's inside of us, we come together corporately, amazing things begin to happen. Because now... All of that presence of God that we've been walking with, bam. It's it's, it's like we we pour that out, pour our praise out to him, and he rains down even more of his presence in this place. And things begin to happen that are amazing. Amazing. I'll read you a story, um, not a story, but an email that um, got sent to a pastor buddy of mine. wasn't sent by anybody here, my pastor buddy's church. This uh, lady wrote it to him, and I thought it was just powerful. Powerful. It says, I was an atheist for years until Christ saved me just a few years ago. Even when I started attending church, I didn't understand why people were so weird. (laughs) I get that. I didn't understand why they were so weird, holding up their hands and singing loud to God. But I would sing, but I just kept it (laughs) low-key. I love that. Hey, Newsflash, some of y'all are getting outpraised by an atheist in another church right now. She, she's talking about how she would just sing along with the music. Um, I'm not throwing shade, but just think about it. Just think about it. Some of us need to up our praise and worship a little bit, I think. Not just in the sanctuary, but I'm talking about in life in general. Amen? Stop looking at life through the wrong lens and start seeing everything through the lens of worship and operating in the presence of God that's inside of us. It says, um, but I would say, keep it low-key, there started to be times where everyone in the church was worshiping God with passion. The praise of God's people changes the atmosphere. Man, I'm going to read that again. The, the praise of God's people changes the atmosphere. For about three months, the Lord used those times to touch my heart in a different way. I just started crying endlessly while singing, and I didn't know why because the presence of God was working in her heart. But looking back, I believe he was pushing out the hurt and pain in my heart and was filling it with his love. I started raising my hands and surrender to him. He actually spoke to me during a heartfelt moment of worship and said, lift your head, daughter. Those words dropped me to my knees, but it also changed how I saw myself. You get this, all of this is happening during praise and worship. The power of God is moving because the presence of God is heavy in the place and is impacting this woman's heart. It changed how I saw myself. I wanted to share this because maybe someone else is hurt and needs healing as I did. Look at this. Praise and worship 
opens up our hearts and allows him to heal us and speak to us. We do it for him, yet he uses it to love on us. It shows his true nature. It's just like a God thing. But God would say, I want you to worship me. But here's what I'm going to do. When you worship me, not just in a service, but with your life, when you worship me, my presence, my presence, it almost goes to another level, it seems, because he inhabits the praises of his people, and he begins working. And while we lift our praises up to him, he is pouring out provision, healing, restoration. He's, he's mending broken issues in our lives. He's pulling relationships back together together in his presence. He says, if you would just lift me up, there's a benefit on the other side of it that if you can connect with me and my presence, then mountains begin to move, giants begin to fall, doors begin to open. I begin to make provision where there wasn't provision previously. If you will worship me and invite me into not just your life, but the areas and situation, it changes it all. Well, I always encourage people when they're going through storms, I tell you, hey, get into the presence of God. Even if it doesn't feel like natural because you don't have a lot of time doing this, get into the presence of God. Open up your Bible. Put on some worship music. Shut out all the distractions and just get with God, just you and nobody else during those times and begin to worship him and he will pour out all the provision that you need. He moves in response to worship and prayer in our lives. Well, I get you say that, Pastor Josh, but I just don't understand all that. I just, that doesn't make sense at all. I don't make sense at all. I'm just supposed to praise and worship him and he's magically gonna fix everything in my life. I'd rather fix it myself. How many of y'all are rather fix it myself kind of people naturally? Uh, me too. I would rather fix things myself. I'd be honest with you. Because um, nobody knows how to fix it better than us, right? That's why our lives are always peaceful. That's why we don't have any issues at all. That's why our troubles don't multiply or get worse or anything like that. It just, yeah, we're good at fixing our lives, man. I just, <laughs> and that's what I tell people. It's like, okay, fix it yourself and then come back and tell me how that's working for you. I would much rather get in the presence of God and let him fight my battles for me. You know what I mean? Like there's a level of obedience we gotta live up to, but God is the one that moves the mountains. And he only does that when his presence is available in the place. He connects through prayer. Now, I want to show you a glimpse of what praise and worship in his presence looks like biblically. Okay? Because I think if we're going to do things, we should do things God's way. Amen? Do things, you do it his way. And I think it's, it's good that we do what's being done up in heaven. So go to the book of Revelation. Chapter 4. We're going to jump around this chapter just a little bit. Get a glimpse of what's happening up here in heaven. It says, And instantly I was in the Spirit, and I saw a throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. One sitting on the throne. Now look at this. It was brilliant like gemstones. You know what that means? Look, God's got some bling. That's what that means. Brilliant like gemstones. Shoot, Mr. T ain't got no necklace like that. I'm saying he brilliant like gemstones, like jasper and carnelian, 
and the glow of an emerald circled his throne like a rainbow. What does that mean? Man, that means there is one heck of a cool light show going on in heaven around the throne room. That's what that means. Uh, all these lights that we've got don't even come close to what's going on up in heaven. Um, verse 5, it says, And from the throne came flashes of lightning and the rumble of thunder. You know what that means? It was loud up there. And in front of the throne were seven torches with burning flames, and the seven, that's the sevenfold spirit of God. In front of the throne was a shiny sea of glass, sparkling like crystal. In the center around the throne were four living beings, each covered their eyes front and back. Hey, if you look a little weird, it's okay. There's weird stuff up in the throne room of heaven, too. You've got, you got beasts covering their eyes front and back. It's just covered with it's just some weird creatures up there in the throne room. But it's loud, and, it's, and it's, there's lights flashing everywhere, and thunders booming. Revelation 14, um, I want to start at verse 2. It says, And I heard a sound from heaven like the roar of a mighty ocean waves, or the rolling of loud thunder. It was like the sound of many harpists playing together. A great choir was singing, or sang a wonderful new song in front of the throne of God. And before the four living beings, 24 elders, no one can learn this song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the Lord up in heaven. There is a lot of crazy worship going on with flashing lights and booming bass and thunder and harpists playing and instruments being blasted and voices being lifted up to God. There's dancing happening up there. People are shouting to the Lord in his presence. Why? Because they are in his presence. Now let me ask you a question. When it comes to church here, why should there be a difference? All two people said amen. Am I stirring the cookies too much right now? Why should there be any difference? Why? Because worship here should reflect worship there. Worship here should reflect worship there. Oh, praise the Lord. He's been so good to me. Fifteen more minutes till the song junk is over. And I can sit down. Yippee doo da doo. I don't know the words to this song, but uh, boy, they're real excited over there. Yippee, yippee. Bet you 50 bucks your life looks like that too. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're passionately in love with Jesus. That passion is going to come out. And if in his presence in heaven, people are losing their freaking minds and shouting and jumping and praising and clapping and there's booms of thunder and lightning going across the sky and this beautiful, brilliant light show going on and everyone is focused on him and his presence. If we had that same presence here, how can we be connected to that and not somehow reflected out of what's happening in us? Understand what I'm saying? Well, I'm just not comfortable doing all of that. I just, I, I just, and I get it. I'm not asking you to do something you're not comfortable doing. I'm asking you to worship God with all of your heart. I believe he'll tell you what to do. Here's what I know. When you worship God with all of your heart, you're not going to stand there like this. 
hey, I'm glad you're here. I think you're in the right place. You're in the right place. Let me challenge you. There's a little bit more to it than this right here. This right here is a reflection of what's happened Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And I'm glad you're here. But what I'm telling you is this, there's more. There is more than this right here. Because in his presence, that's where the fun really begins to happen. Okay, that's where it really begins to happen. But none of it happens until it happens here. Okay. But even at that level, man, we'll go out there and scream that we don't have a voice if we go to the concert of the artist that we like the most. And then come back in here and don't lift up a loud voice to the Lord. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? In his house? How about Eastgate Church be known as a place where the people worship God in spirit and in truth? With all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. Where we don't worship the Georgia Bulldogs more than we worship our Jesus. Okay? Where we don't worship the Falcons more than Jesus. Where we don't worship music more than Jesus. Where Jesus is our everything and we let him know it every chance we get. My, 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 heart, soul, and strength. Because worship here should reflect worship there. Now imagine, imagine somebody walking through the doors of this church for the first time. Doesn't know anything about the Lord, but came because somebody invited them and 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 and wouldn't stop. So they finally said, fine, I'll go, but just don't, and fight me anymore. I'll go one time. They walk through the doors of this church. What kind of atmosphere are they going to be walking into? Are they going to be walking into this? Or are they going to be walking into a church full of people who are passionate about their Savior? and who are singing at the top of their lungs and letting the music move them a little bit even if they don't like the song because it's not about the music, it's about the person that we're singing to, amen? Giving our all to Jesus. If we give our all to Jesus, however that looks, His presence saturates this place. And when a person walks into the presence of God, He begins to work on their heart. He begins to just tug on those strings. He begins to speak to them like they haven't been spoken to before because for the first time and probably forever, they are legitimately feeling the presence of God as He moves in and through our praise to change the atmosphere of this place. Your praise and worship could mean life transformation for eternity and the heart of a person. It's one of the most powerful outreach tools we have. When we worship with all of our heart and His presence is here, that's when people get healed. That's when the fun stuff starts to happen. What if our church, and I'm not saying we're not like that. All of us, I think, worship to some level. But what if we kicked it up? What if we kicked it up to all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our strength? allow God's presence powerful I got news for you man if you're not worshiping with all of your heart you're probably missing about 85% of what God's wanting to give you on any given Sunday at church really are this is what I want to do for the next few minutes the band's going to play y'all can go ahead and get ready because um, I want to go right into the song 
We're just going to get in his presence for these next few minutes like never before. Forget about what you did during the worship part of the service, okay? I want you to worship God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Let's get in his presence and let God do something in us. How many of you would love, you got some stuff going on in your life right now you would love for God to handle? How many of you would say that? Yeah, me too. Listen, listen, in his presence, that's where the wisdom and the solution comes. That's where the mountains get moved. That's when it happens, when it happens. And I want to give us an opportunity to just sit in his presence and let God work in our lives. Do you believe he can do that? Believe he can do that? All right, let's all stand to our feet. Let's just get ready to worship him all across this place. And I understand if you've got a sore back or sore knees, you might not be able to stand for too long, but it could be that in giving God a sacrifice of praise, that he heals your body. You understand what I'm saying? Let's just worship him. Father, we glorify you in this place. Father, I know what you're capable of. So many people in here aren't. I pray that you show yourself to them today. Let your presence saturate this place. Lord, give them a glimpse of the God that I know. Holy Spirit, I pray that in these moments you heal, that you restore, that you move mountains. I pray that every heart be open to you, that every wall come down. In this moment, Lord, we are one with you the name of Jesus. Move in this place. Let's worship the Lord for the next few moments.